More. The conversation continues right now, right now, right now with right now. Dominique DePrima on First Things First. And you're invited in. This is the perfect time to call. We are on the uh, freestyle phone segment. You can change the subject. Um, you can complain, fellowship, uplift. It's all available to you, 800-920-1580. 800-920-1580. So the um, United States has vetoed a um, a resolution in the U- UN that was meant to create a ceasefire, a long-term ceasefire there in, um, in Gaza. And it had a lot of international support, uh, this ceasefire. But uh, the U.S. was the lone wolf standing there saying, no, we will not... Um, we will not support a ceasefire. It's it's um, created a lot of condemnation for the United States, not just in the Arab world, but throughout the globe. Um, the president of the Palestinian Authority, not surprisingly, called it a mark of shame, but it's making, um, it's straining relations with the United States, I would say, um, in many, many nations, uh, this would have, this resolution would have called for an immediate ceasefire. Um, and, you know, even though Israel is not, doesn't seem to be listening to Joe Biden and doing the things that Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, is asking, uh, we still have um, vetoed this uh this resolution. So the killing continues. Um, meanwhile, did you guys hear that that leaked audio of the meeting between the families of the hostages and the Israeli Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, where they're just like reading him the riot act, uh, saying that they could, you know, they could hear and feel the bombing, saying that they were in peril which, of course, they were, not just from Hamas, but also from the bombing, the constant bombing. And, you know, this is something I've wondered about all along. Those people, those hostages, um, whatever the exact number is, 100-something, they are in danger, and the more, there's no way that you can be bombing on the level of what's happening in Gaza and not put those hostages at risk. Not to mention the civilian population. Uh, I think we're close to 18,000 now dead since um, this this, uh, slaughter got underway. And add on to that, and you know, the 1,200 Israelis at work murdered by Hamas, we're close to 20,000 people dead. Um, No end in sight. And it seems like the peer pressure, if you want to call it that, of the world is not really making a huge difference here. Uh, The United States has decided to skip congressional review and sell tank shells to Israel directly. Um, It's a part of a bigger transfer of weaponry 
from the Biden administration to um, the IDF. But now, in an unusual move, the United States has used emergency authority to allow that sale of 14,000 tank shells without congressional review. It's called the Arms Export Control Act. It's an emergency declaration uh, that they did. It's 106 $0.5 million worth of tank rounds, and those will be delivered to Israel immediately. That's part of a deal that the Biden administration is asking Congress to approve. Um, it's about $500 million in total, including the 45,000 shells for the, the Israeli tanks. I, you know... I continue to believe that this particular conflict, war, whatever you want to call it, is going to cost Biden his job. I believe that on top of other foreign policy, when you look at, you know, whipping Haitians, uh, when you look at, you know, the the treatment of, of those black migrants, and you add that to the policies around Haiti, uh, you add that to the policy, the foreign policy fail around Cuba. I, I think this may be uh, the, the, the last straw here. Let's go to Jamal calling us from L.A. Good morning, Jamal. Uh, good morning, front page fan. Can you hear me clearly? Uh, yeah, we're the KBLA delegation, but I'm sure the front page family's here too, Jamal. God forgive me. <laughs> no KBLA worries. At least you please. found me. That's that's the most important thing, Jamal. That's right. I first of all want to give all praises due to the Queen, Queen Sahara Ali. I first heard her on the radio many years ago, and she continues to be something, someone who I look forward to hearing to. I would love to hear how she would explain the term she used for her birthday as her solar return. I'm not quite sure we'll hear it maybe next week when she comes to it. I am just truly impressed by her, and numbers have always played a a thing in my life. I always look at numbers, and today happens to be my youngest brother's birthday, who passed away some years ago. Oh, wow. Happy heavenly birthday to your brother. What's his name? That is Abdus Sabal Muhammad. Abdus Sabal Muhammad. Happy heavenly birthday. And I just want to say that, and now I'm going to get to the bad news. This atrocity, this unconscionable acts of murder that the United States is doing, it has turned me 360 degrees away from Biden. We have to find another Democratic president that can stand on his own and show some compassion for these people who are being murdered. This Netanyahu dictator, he is a war criminal as to what is going on now, and for any person who wants to support this outright, hey, Palestinians' lives matter. Plain and simple. This is outrageous. It's just insane. I get my news from other resources. I get to count on how many people are being killed. This day. Uh, The immigrant situation, yes, with the Haitians and other black immigrants immigrants being treated so harshly and so bad, this is, it is terrible. I I give this all to God because this is terrible. Oh, my goodness. 
Yeah, we got news, traffic, and sports right now. Uh, Jamal giving it to God on KBLA Talk 1580. Here's to a holiday season full of peace, peace joy, and, joy happiness. and happiness. Happy Kwanzaa from all of us at KBLA Talk 1580. Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. Hey! It is. You're invited in. 800-920-1580. Elon Musk has put uh, Alex Jones back on X, his platform, his rules. Uh, Alex Jones had been banned, and and Musk said he wasn't going to let the guy back on, but I guess he changed his mind. InfoWars is still banned. Remember, Alex Jones is the, uh, the guy who, you know, really pushed the conspiracy theory that there was no Sandy Hook, that... Um, that it was all just a, a false um, operation meant to push gun control laws. And I thought it was kind of very ironic that Musk um, decided to reinstate Jones on the anniversary of Sandy Hook. Interesting, too, because, I mean, I didn't realize the extreme that this had gone to where Sandy Hook families who were, you know, who who were grieving their children couldn't even go visit the graves because the InfoWars trolls uh, were confronting them and attacking them. They had to move out of their homes because the people were being confronted by people who said you that they never had a child or that they were um, crisis actors, all this madness. Anyway, he's back. Who's still banned? Well, apparently Raul Castro, the retired uh, former head of the Cuban Communist Party's now 92. He's he can't get back on, but Alex Jones can. Um, also, uh, Nick Fuentes, the uh, white supremacist, um, he was banned for the second time uh, in in January of this year. Remains banned, as does David Duke of KKK acclaim acclaim notoriety. Let's go to Amin calling us from Inglewood. Good morning, Amin. Good morning. Good morning. If you could refer to me as Brother Amin in the future, I appreciate it. Okay, Brother Amin. Um, I I adhere to the uh, policy of Neely Fuller, author of the United uh, Independent Compensatory Code Fund System, who says, call people what they want to be called. Right. I just want to start off by saying I know a Palestinian brother here in the United States. And his family, he has family back in uh, Palestine. And he says that number of, what, 15,000 killed or, or well, 20,000 Well, I think killed, it's, yeah, close to 18 now is what they're saying. 18,000. No, Dominique, he says, hey, it's more like 300,000 killed. 300,000. What is he basing that on? I mean, I, I don't, I have no... Um, he has family there. Right, I know that, but I, I mean, you said that, but I, I, I just, I just wonder what he's basing it on because they're not going around counting. For me, it's logical because you see so much rubble and so many houses down. How can, how can you know who's dead under there? So that's, that's what I would assume he was referring to, but maybe he had a different source or something. Yeah, yeah, and the reason they don't want to put the real numbers out is they may do Net, uh, Netanyahu like they did Gaddafi on TV. You saw that or. On, on, on YouTube, right? If the people really knew the real numbers of that genocide that's going on over in Gaza, we don't know what the American people or the uh, Israeli people would do. You know, 
So I wanted to just share that, that this is what she said. She, she has family here, of course, and then he has family over there. He says more like 300,000. So I'll leave it right there. Yeah, I appreciate the call. I mean, I mean, whether it's 20 or 300, it's, it's terrible, especially when we know that the majority of those folks are women and children, right? It's, it's a lot of children. Um, the Biden administration has been urging Israel to be mindful of civilian casualties, but they also bypassed Congress over the past several days to rush 45,000 uh, rounds for Israeli tanks on the ground. Um, it seems um, like a conflict, right? A, a, a conflict of interest or a conflict of intention. I don't know what. Okay, please be mindful to stop killing civilians. And by the way, here's another 45,000 shells um, to put in your tanks that we are going to bypass uh, Congress. Um, to get to. Meanwhile, thousands of children in Gaza right now um, are at risk of dying. This is according to um, Save the Children. It's a global charity. They say that thousands of children are at risk of dying from malnutrition. Right? So you think about the shelling, the bombing, the ground conflict, and then... Um, and then in the middle of this terror, there are children who are actually going to perish from not having enough to eat. Um, as the humanitarian aid has trickled down to almost nothing in the area. I mean, how can you deliver aid in the middle of uh, uh, what's beyond really an active, um, an active war zone, right? Where the um, army keeps telling people to move. And then though they have to move, then they bomb the places they were told to move to, and the places that are considered safe are becoming smaller and smaller. Um, Save the Children said it had documented at least 7,685 children under the age of five who were so malnourished, severely starving, that they needed intensive medical intervention or they were going to die, meaning it's not... Um, it would not be reversible after a certain point. Um, glad to hear that the negotiations for hostage release are restarting. I do think, I, I don't remember who it was. It was a former Israeli official um, who said on CNN that the deal that ought to be considered right now is all of the all of the Israeli hostages for all of the Palestinian prisoners, just like an across-the-board swap, and then Hamas being removed from governance, since they haven't had elections there in, I don't know, more than 20 years, and start fresh. Because if you're trying to kill every member of Hamas and that's, that's the criteria you're using for ending the war, it can be decades. <laughs> Ask the U.S. what happened in Afghanistan. Ask us what happened in, in Vietnam and how that worked out for us as far as, you know, is eliminating the Taliban or eliminating the Viet Cong. I think removing from office seems like a more attainable, attainable goal. 
right? Across the board swap. And you know, the more I'm reading, um, I'm, I'm starting to see that um, uh, there's a two-state solution could be great because um, Palestine could have its own borders and sovereign authority. And But there's also the, this idea of a one-state solution where you'd have a true multicultural democracy and um, people would have to learn to respect each other's rights under the law uh, from all communities. Either way it goes, uh, this is, yeah, I know this is a long and ongoing situation, but this is, uh, this is not something that can go on forever. Um, busy day around here. Rudy Giuliani uh, starts his trial for damages. That's a defamation lawsuit that was filed, filed by those two election workers from Georgia whose lives he imperiled. Um, the jury selection starts today. And uh, that is taking place um, in Washington. Um, the, a, a judge already found that Giuliani was liable for defamation and infliction of emotional distress and civil conspiracy. So what the trial is really going to determine is just how much uh, he's liable for. We're talking about uh, Ruby Freeman. And her daughter, uh, Wandria um, Moss, Shay Moss. Um, so it's almost like a foregone conclusion. You lose, but yet, um, let's see what the damage is. They want somewhere in the neighborhood of $15.5 million to $43 million. And again, these are folks that ended up having their lives threatened, had to go hide out, were harassed by Kanye's publicist and, and the MAGA the MAGA mob. Um, so that's going on today. Meanwhile, y'all heard Trump say he was going to be a dictator from day one, and some folks are taking that as a joke or maybe something he said in jest, or maybe he just meant he'd be a dictator for one day and then he'd pivot to being president. Al Gore begs to differ. Now, the former vice president says got to believe this guy when he tells you who he is and um he said he said i love this quote what is it going to take for people to believe this guy when he tells them who he is um that um should he who shall not be named get elected for a second term clearly it it would be moving in the, in the direction of a of a dictatorship. It'll be the vengeance tour. Forget the victory tour. It'll be the revenge tour. 809-20-1580 if you want to weigh in on some of the things I've brought up or maybe something I haven't. What's going to happen with the president of Harvard University? Harvard finally gets a black woman president, Claudine Gay. And now she's on the hot seat. Share about that and more when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Learn more. Your ancestors' favorite radio station. Radio station. And your favorite 
morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now, right now uh, you know, it's it, it, it's seem it does seem like the news cycle is speeding up. There's so 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 much uh, to track. Uh, the former president, the 45th one, um, he is polling really well. Um, it's terrible. And we're talking about uh, the uh, Des Moines NBC News Iowa poll. The latest has um, Donald Trump at 51% support. Um, in second place is Ron DeSatan with 19%. I mean, that's almost, he's more than double. He's two and a half times what DeSantis is getting. Um, and Nikki Haley is stuck at 16%. So Haley and DeSantis together don't even come close to Trump. Um, it's, wow. And, you know, the the gap between Nikki Haley and, and, and Ron DeSantis is within the margin of error, so she may or may not be trailing him at this point. And we talked a little bit last week about this rush of Democrats some Democrats who don't want Trump even on the ticket because they don't want Trump to have a chance, right? So they're willing to put money behind Nikki Haley. And there are some prominent um, Democratic, you know, donors who are doing that. But um, right now, it doesn't seem to be making a difference. We shall see. And I think it looks very much like Jail time or no jail time, Trump will be the nominee. So Harvard finally got this um, black woman president. We celebrated on this show. Her name is Claudine Gay. She's been with Harvard for many years. And now um, the board of directors is calling for her to be removed. This was after those hearings last week in Congress where three university presidents testified before uh, one of the committees in the House. Um about anti-Semitism on campuses. And they were pushed and they were um, really peppered with hostile questions. One of them was, is it against Harvard's policy to call for genocide against Jewish uh, students? And she, along with others, kind of went really literal with it. And they were saying it's, you know, based on context and blah, blah, blah. um, Because when you're talking about universities, they have free speech, supposed free speech policies, right? That protect students' First Amendment rights. At the same time, you're not allowed to do hate hate crimes or hate speech. And it seems that um, she was answering really literally instead of saying no genocide against Jewish people is not permitted on and you know you're not allowed to call for it she later apologized she said she was sorry words matter she said I got caught up in what had become an extended combative exchange about policies and procedures Uh, what I should have had the presence of mind to do in that moment was return to my guiding truth which is calls for violence against our Jewish community have no place at Harvard and will never go unchallenged. But big, big donors um, to the school don't care about the apology, do not, um, are not at all moved by the context of that very partisan um, kind of hearing. And they want her out. They want her out. Uh, This guy, Bill Ackman, he's a billionaire hedge fund CEO. 
He's leading the charge. And it does bring up the question that if very wealthy donors to leading institutions like Penn, like Harvard, like Columbia, because the same conversation is going on there, even though the Columbia president wasn't at that hearing. They, if they can now say, well, you need fire this president, um, keep that one. We're in, we, you can teach this, but not that. Does that then mean that wealthy donors who may or may not have academic expertise in, in curriculum and faculty or anything else now have the authority over the content and staffing of our nation's universities? That seems highly problematic to me. It's giving oligarchy, right? Now, we don't know whether the Harvard board, Harvard um, faculty will make a difference. They're standing with Ms. Gay. Students and, and faculty have signed a letter saying that they want President Gay, the first African-American woman president, first woman president of Harvard, to stay on the job. She's only been there a couple months, uh, if that. Um, but the, uh, you know, Congresswoman Stefanik and, and these r- super rich donors want her out. Uh, MIT is saying no. They're, they're, um, their president also got in trouble during that hearing. Her name, um, her name is Sally Cornbluth. But MIT is saying we absolutely stand behind her 100%. There is no firing of her based on this controversy. Um, the uh, president of Penn already, already stepped down um, and resigned um, because of this controversy, right? So um, we'll see. We'll see if this woman can keep her job. I, I don't, I have a feeling she's going to be pushed out. Um, Elise Stefanik, the Republican from New York, um, posted one down, two to go on X. And there are 71 lawmakers from both parties, by the way, that have demanded in a letter to Harvard and Penn and MIT that those presidents have to go. Uh, But again, uh, to me, that's a slippery slope. If you, because you're rich and you give money to an institution, want to have your name on a building, want to have legacy admissions where your kids get in before others, which we know happens, want to have leniency, something I myself have, have witnessed in the elite school system, the leniency that's given to the children of wealthy donors. I've been actually personally impacted by that. Watch how it happens. Okay, if that's what you want to do, then do that. The school, the school does it. I don't even have a problem with you getting a building named after you or getting special treatment. What I do have an issue with is you now having some kind of imperial control over who the staffing, faculty, administration, and what the curriculum um, is going to be. That to me is highly problematic. Like I said, it's giving oligarchy. Why are you... I get that every university cultivates, every institution wants and needs big donors. But now you're micromanaging on the level of hiring, firing, what can be taught. 
So that means if you extrapolate, you know, from that, it means that the rich control what's taught in our country. And, and, and you could make the argument that it's always been that way, Dominique. Don't be naive. I get that. But now we're talking about just making it blatantly a thing. Like, I'm a billionaire. I gave y'all X, Y, and Z millions. And so if I say fire this person, you have to fire this person. Clearly, Harvard and these other institutions need, need to change their policy so that calling for the genocide of anyone is not permissible. But I'm talking about whether or not rich donors control institutions. And to me, that's a slippery slope. News, traffic, and sports. And then we are going to have some jazz, some hip-hop. We're going to have some real music around here. But your Brown is in the studio next on KVLA Talk 1580.